Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey guys, before we get into this episode... I just wanted to throw up a quick trigger warning. We get into some pretty heavy stuff. Um, and I want to once again thanks Ranveer for being so brave and open with his story. But once again, quick trigger warning. We get into some dark stuff. So um, if that affects you, then I advise you not to listen. We'll be back to our regu- regularly scheduled programming here soon. But this is something that means a lot to the both of us. So please enjoy. Welcome back to another week of Fresh Take with Joey and Ranveer. I'm Ranveer. And I'm Joey. And uh, if you're thinking things sound a little bit different or the vibes are off, we get it, guys. We're not in our usual spot. We're testing stuff out. Uh, Ranveer and I are back in school uh, down at IU. And so we're going to keep working to get podcasts out for you every week. But Ranveer, something I want to talk to you about. With school starting up, comes the stress, comes the detraction on one's mental health. How do you handle the start of school from a mental health standpoint? I think it really starts for me with building a schedule, right? Mm-hmm. Like when I came here, we were talking about like what I do, what we do every day, you know? And yes, it might get a little bit repetitive, but if you really love what you're doing and base your schedule around what you love and what you want to do, then I think that's where like the happiness comes in. And also you have structure. With being out of school or not in actual class, it's hard for us to have structure right now, right? Because mm-hmm. when we were in school, we were going to class and we were listening to lectures and then after that, be on another class, another class. But now you kind of just sit at home on a Zoom. So it's kind of important to get yourself structure and also within that structure and schedule put in some time to be active right you know it's important to to not only be mentally healthy but also physically healthy Uh, for me I always struggle with getting in a schedule because it feels like I'm in a rut which I think I need to shift the way that I think about it Mm -hmm. to stagnant because I think about stagnancy as failure Mm -hmm. and I think that's just there's some stuff deep down that I'm not going to get into and I'm not sure I understand but yeah I think it's a, a, a frame shift that needs to occur. Yeah, and I think it comes with adulting, you know, the fear of becoming... You did not just say adulting. Yeah, the fear of becoming an adult, right? It's yeah. like, it's scary. Like, right now we're transitioning into into adulthood, per se. Okay. Um, and it may be scary to think about the fact that, you know, you will have a schedule every day when you're older. Oh, yeah. I might not. 
You might not. But, but you also will have – in order to be – I think for me personally, in order to be successful, I believe that, like, you have to have some sort of structure in oh, your yeah. day, right? Like, yeah. because you can't just spend every day, you know, winging it. Eh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can only get so far of just – Exactly. It. If you want to be a quote-unquote, like, productive and success- successful – and I say that with air quotes. You guys can't see that. Um then it's important to 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 know where you're going or at least have a plan yeah it's almost like putting a leash on yourself and yeah. just like kind of pulling yourself back off when you wander into the street and you can cre- you can create <laughs> some some free time within that schedule like that's that's yeah. that comes with the planning so it doesn't always have to be so much structure but like there's obviously built-in free time but i think it's important to be able to have you know a plan at least and i know you play basketball every day basically basically every day mm-hmm. i need to find something like that yeah me and my me and my buddies go to evolve and play a little bit of basketball shout out to evolve <laughs> for <laughs> staying open and hosting us evolves in an apartment complex right yeah and yeah. they they have like a gym and a basketball court in there and in the summer they also have like a pool out and a heated like racquetball court it's really cool they have some turf out there too a lot of the athletes live there so i don't know why i'm not living there yeah you i'm out here professional o-lineman away yeah i i I say this story a lot but i i wanted to keep playing football i couldn't because of your knees because of my brain i had a lot of concussions okay which is a i wanted to talk about as well the brain is so important, but mm-hmm. it's often so overlooked. Do you think that's because we – and this is a little stupid, but it's not tangible? Like we can't see no, it? No, I don't think that's stupid at all. I think that's actually like very, very factual because like when you're – physically, right, when you're working out, you see the results or at least you want to see the results. But like mentally when you're working on yourself, it's hard to see the yeah. results. They're slow. It's like, like – I like to use the term that like Rome wasn't built in a day, you know? Did you come up with that? No, I didn't. But like – it's something that uh, <laughs> I was told when I yeah. was younger to like when you're working on yourself or working on things that might not be tangible and you can't see them, make sure that, you know, you know that it doesn't happen in one day or one night. It takes time. Yeah. And I think that is hard. To, it's not like you do a crossword puzzle and your hat won't fit. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. It's, it's hard to measure that structure. What do you – I, I – for me, when I was younger, I think the most tangible, quote unquote, again, tangible way that I could tell my brain was getting stronger was like reading. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's the one of the biggest baselines. And I wish we had more later in life. Yeah. Because like, people kind of stray away from books as they get older. Yeah. Because, I mean, while you're in grade school, uh, elementary school, high school, um, K through 12, you they assign you reading and you have to read or you mm-hmm. – you they they at least assign you the reading you may not read the book but you have to do the reading so like you lose that that assigned structure so reading's really important because it's a great way to expand your vocabulary and it's also like a great way to take your imagination places mm-hmm. you know like um, i'm reading or i just got done reading obama's biography uh, that just came out and it was an um, amazing book because yeah. he took us through his journey of, you know, where he was when he got into office and then took us through, like, the 
the economic decline, the uh, little depression, and then the killing of Osama bin Laden, and then the end of his presidency. And he talked a lot about like foreign affairs, yeah, which was really cool for me because obviously I want to get involved in politics, and I think like foreign affairs is really important, and it's really cool to see how it actually comes into play. Does reading nonfiction give you a bump of creativity? It gives me ideas for gives sure. You ideas, yeah. Every, I can't. I for some reason only fiction helps boost my creativity. Okay. So like if I sit down and I read a biography, I'll be like, well, I know a lot more about Colin Jost now, mm-hmm. and I'm moving on with the day. Yeah. But um, I really I I brought back the Aragon books with me. I used to read those when I was younger. Those are awesome. Cause it's like. It is like taking steroids for your creativity. Yeah. Like piggybacking off someone else's like world building. Mm-hmm. I used to read a lot of Percy Jackson. <sighs> Get out of here. Yeah. You know I love Percy Jackson. Yeah, you, we talked about it before. Yeah. Percy Jackson's awesome. Uh, what else did I used to read? But just I feel like fiction for me itches the scratch. Yeah, but for me, the, the fiction or biographies that I read of politicians, it kind of just like, it's like this is the way that you can do it or this and i and i read it from like i've read john mccain's biographies i've read um george bush's biographies i've read read hillary clinton's biographies i've read a variety of biographies from a variety of politicians that you know think different ways and i think it's important to do that because you can't just have one perspective and i think Mm. that's a a lot of what we get now right when with the with cnn's and the fox newses of the world you you get so much bias confirmation that you don't see the other side you almost think of the other side as evil mm-hmm. and when you read these biographies and you really get down to their ideas what they actually stood for it's they agree with more than you think yeah. and i want to bring it back to mental health a little bit but through biographies i think what's becoming more of a trend and something that i'm really happy is becoming a trend is like back in the early days of biographies it would be like i'm god Mm-hmm. And look at all the cool shit I did. Yeah. Nowadays, I feel like people are now opening up about their struggles a lot more. Yeah, telling their stories. And Barack Obama really talked about like the struggles of yeah. of, a, of a being the first black man to be the president. And you know that's not, not easy. That's like uh, you know a ton of glass barriers broken. Yeah. That's like Jackie Robinson level. Oh yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, it, doing something where every single day you know at least. And on a on a good day, thirty million people hate you. Yeah, like I don't think I could handle that. But it is very inspiring to see that someone of almost almost mythic stature like Obama goes through mental health struggles. And he really talked like when people thought he wasn't born here, like that was a big big deal because I mean people take pride in being American. I take pride in being American. So being told that you're not just because you may not look like the typical American. Uh, way down on him and you know that would suck (laughs) especially if millions and millions of people are saying that to you even though the majority of people may think the opposite it's like what we were talking about last week with nick um that one hateful comment will be in your brain way longer than those 15 or 20 positive comments that you got you know i think it's the way our brain's wired for some reason, we negativity sticks. Yeah, and, and it sells. Like we we've talked about that so many yeah. times. Is we live in such a negative world, and I think that's why we see 
all these mental health issues like suicide and depression and anxiety be such a big barrier in our societies. And unfortunately, suicide is like the 10th leading cause of death in America. And, you know, it's the most preventable form of death. Yeah. Um, my, my good friend, Brooke Lawson, who's the mental health coordinator at uh, Hamilton Southeastern Schools back where I went to high school in Fishers, Indiana, um, that she would say that so so often. The first time she said that, it kind of you know stuck with me that this is the tenth leading cause of death, and yet it is the most preventable form, and we still let it happen. Well, it's so stigmatized, and mm-hmm. I think nobody wants to address the fact that it's in the top ten because it seems so rampant and and almost unexplainable in a, in a lot of cases, and yeah. nobody wants to think about it. But if you look at automobile accidents, people can accept that it's a, it's you know it's going to happen. Like if you're in a car, it's going to happen. But yeah. nobody wants to think if it's in a body, it could happen. That's true. Yeah. No. It's again, it's something that again, if you don't talk about, you don't really. If it doesn't happen to you, and you don't talk about it, you don't realize it's not happening. Like your perception is your reality. But like in America in 2018, 48,344 people died by suicide. That's a lot of people. And I mean, there were 1.4 million suicide attempts. And these are all statistics provided by the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. And I mean, it's, it's the, 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 the statistics are staggering, guys. I mean, Joey, if you want to go through some of them. Yeah, and I'll say this before we go through it. Any number above one is, is too much Yeah, for preventable. And it's... The stigma behind it—it's the stigma around it. You want to—you don't want to feel weak. You don't want to feel like a, like a, you're giving up. So you don't want to talk to people, or you, maybe you don't have people to talk to at the moment, and it can feel so lonely. And I think that's why it needs to be something we talk about. Yes, it needs to be something we talk about. We must prioritize it. Yes, because in our little brains, we think to ourselves, "I'm the only one that feels like this. Nobody else feels like this. This is going on with me." Because nobody talks about it, because it's hushed and it's quieted and it's pushed in this little closet that we don't open, don't talk about that, and it, it, it can feel so debilitating. But um, the um, there's some staggering and very odd statistics to me, stuff that I wouldn't think about. Like, for example, the rate of suicide is highest in middle-aged white men. That's not something that I'd ever really thought about. It's... So more women attempt suicide than men, but more men choose more lethal terms. And late later in in, in the in the slides or the the statistics, it talks about how firearms account for fifty percent of suicide deaths. Um, if you shoot yourself, I mean, yeah. more than likely you are going to die, and that's a very lethal form of death. And um, and before we even move on, I want to say like. Um, this is a very, this is, to me this is a very important topic and if you're listening to this podcast and you feel this way like you don't matter i want you to know that you do matter and i understand that things may be dark right now and you may be down but you're a warrior and um there's always a light at the end of the tunnel and keep fighting keep going i promise you you'll get there and also um we'll also be providing some resources for you guys on twitter um, so pay attention to that yeah. at Fresh Take W R J, 
um, we will be providing resources and we will be having, this isn't the only conversation we'll have about mental health yeah. on this podcast. Um, I plan on having uh, Brooke Lawson on and, you know, some some really good mental health advocates in the community and some people from AFSP on because um, through my high school, when I started a club called uh, Stigma Free HSC, uh, Brooke Lawson was my um, mentor or she was the club's sponsor. And she's the one that really got it going and really helped me get, you know, where I wanted to get within the field. So um, this topic is very, very important to me. And I'll get into my story a little bit later. But um, Joey, if you want to get into these statistics. Yeah. Um, and also the, the what we talked about with Emily two weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, with the firearms. She, she had a great quote where she said, um, if there's no firearms present, no one's going to be killed by a firearm. Yeah, it, I think the access to firearms is also something that obviously we talked about um, uh, two weeks ago. So if you didn't hear that podcast, listen to that episode. Um, but that's a sobering statistic. Uh, another one: white males account for sixty nine point sixty seven percent of all suicides, suicide deaths, and that was in twenty eighteen. Um, and I'm sure that these statistics have kind of stayed uh, at the same level, but that's over. That's about seventy percent of all suicides were were white men, which is I, d- I don't understand the correlation or how that happens. Do you have any insight as to why it might be? It could it's it could be because I mean we talk a lot about like the mid age crisis, right? Yeah. So men get around this age where and men don't talk about their feelings. No, let's no, be honest with no. each other. Like it's it's very stigmatized because you know you're not a man if you if you are sad or you you know talk about your feelings because we're not supposed to have feelings or whatever and even when a man may come out and talk about his feelings they may be um pushed down or i don't know what the right word i'm looking for is but like pushed aside i guess um so these men get to this age and they feel like you know where have i gotten you know and that's where that mid-age crisis comes in and i think you know that may be the uh the reason why they are the leading and also, because men choose more lethal forms of death, like I was talking earlier, um, and, you know, <laughs> all these statistics are very sobering, and um, it's interesting to see what America and this next administration is going to do to better the mental health of this this uh, this country. Well, also, it's that I feel like mental health um, collectively is taking a beating right now for everybody. Yeah, for sure. It's not a great time to be alive, unfortunately, with the way that, um, you know, the pandemic's been functioning. So I can understand uh, more of a struggle. I would like to see a push for more mental health advocacy from the at a federal level. Yeah. From the White House. But it's a tough issue to talk, tackle. It's, it's hard to talk about. Mm-hmm. Much harder to legislate. Mm-hmm. So it, it feels like a really hard task to try and get anything introduced that would be meaningful and also like it costs a lot of money like this isn't something that's that's not going to cost money to better mental health and i think fishers indiana has really done a great job of addressing the issue and i mean at our high schools and other schools and within the district like dr borf talked about there are counselors available Mm -hmm. for kids and obviously having a mental health coordinator is something that um, not a lot of school districts have done around the United States or even in the world. 
Uh, so she's one of a kind at her position, and she does a great job. And, I mean, the mayor, Mayor Fadness, has done a great job. But credit to him for being such a champion and an advocate for mental health. And I think if it, it starts with the people, and if the people get behind the movement, then the politicians or the people in charge will take notice, and mm-hmm. the, they'll be – they'll bring attention to the issue as well so it's up to us guys and in in our city uh, there has been a push and that's awesome but it needs to happen you know in more places yeah i i really did uh, like the way that fisher's high school was handling mental health well i was on the way out except for one thing (laughs) there was one thing that they brought in there was a touring company that is for is pro mental health advocacy, uh-huh. um, and they brought them in, and I'm sure the intentions were great. Remedy Live, yeah, I I was an intern for them. No, 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 not Remedy Live. I think it was a different one. Did was Remedy the Live yeah. the one with the We Are Leo band? Yeah, they are. Oh, yeah. Then I don't want to say anything disparaging <laughs> about the company that you used to intern for. Um, they they use religion as a um, as an ish, as a uh, way to solve the problem. Yeah, and I, 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 I didn't have a problem with that. I had a problem with them coming at it. It felt like they were aiming it for a much younger crowd at a high school. Yeah. And that, okay. in my eyes, trivialized mental health even further. Mm-hmm. Like, if we don't talk about it at all, and then you go to school, and there's, like, a guy with a microphone, like, don't kill yourself. Like, you're, you feel patronized. Yeah. You feel talked down to. Yeah. And that was, I feel like, a really big issue at, our, at my school was, like, that that set us back like three steps <laughs> okay because we it was it then became like uncool and the the worst thing in high school is to be uncool, uncool. yeah for sure that's interesting i've i've I, we've definitely talked about that yeah. before and uh and i don't know if they're still doing it but i know he still has that company mm-hmm. called remedy live and what i did for that company was basically like they i blogged for them i would write okay. blogs so if you want to visit RemedyLive.com, um, it's a great website and another great resource for mental health uh, awareness. Uh, for They have a lot of resources. They have a, a suicide hotline, and they always have people available 24-7 to talk to you. Some other resources are like Community Health. Um, they have a mental health task force in Indiana. And um, I think I'm not sure about other states, but I'm for sure that they do in Indiana. And if you're at a college... Uh, reach you can reach out to your um, health well at where I go they call it a health pavilion um, so you know your local wherever you get your your um, health taken care of I guess uh, go there and they offer free counseling and you know s- colleges and universities are doing a really good job of taking an initiative you know they have clubs I know IU has a club called active minds. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are very college-centered clubs. So if you want to start a Active Minds chapter at your college, I bet they'd love to have you and host you. So there's plenty and plenty of resources, and I promise you guys that we'll post them out there for you guys so they're available because, um, you know, if even if you don't need them, you one day you may have a friend that needs yeah. them. Well, I, I, I do feel bad that I, I, I came after um, the organization. 
No, don't feel bad at all. But uh, I love the messaging that they have, and I understand what they were trying to do. Mm -hmm. I think the wires got crossed, and they got the messaging wrong. I will say, they were handing out um, little cards for, like, you know, like business cards. Yeah. And I still have that in my wallet. Mm -hmm. Like, I I kept it. they're They're a very good resource, and, like, it's what they were trying to do is something that's really, you know, never been done before. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like iTown, but for mental health specifically, you know, like their their services are very concert oriented. And uh, what Clint was trying to do was I think he was trying to make it cool. And but he didn't yeah. take it. He didn't take people's like a younger the younger generation's opinion in, into effect. And I always say this: If you're trying to do something cool, if your first thought is, "This is gonna be cool," chances are about eighty percent, it's not gonna be cool. Like, and mental health doesn't have to be cool. Like, mental health can just be like, we talk about this. It's something that happens. We don't need to make it special or unspecial. I think the the problem is the way that a lot of people are taking it on now is like, especially on TikTok, people are bragging about some of their mental health which i understand everyone goes through grief differently everyone processes trauma differently but it just feels like we either don't talk about it or we put it on a pedestal yeah social media kind of has a way of putting it on a pedestal and uh i think it's it's okay to talk about it on social media obviously but don't make jokes about it or you know patronize people for pe- feeling how they feel yeah i'm never going to tell anyone how to process their grief or trauma mm-hmm. i just think it's very odd i i, I talk i guess not from an individual individualistic but more from a societal way we we have a very strange relationship with mental health where again it's either don't ever talk about this or it's the most like it, it's something that you have in your packet as like a as a bragging thing. It's like the whole 13 reasons why argument, right? Uh, so for those of you that don't know what 13 reasons why is, it's a show uh, that came out on Netflix and uh, there was a suicide in, in involved and people thought that it romanticized suicide in a way that like Romeo and Juliet kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, was like the storyline. And um, I think that's what, People are trying to find ways to talk about it and ways for it to be talked about. But I think it's just the messaging is so, so messed up that they don't even realize that they're they're romanticizing it or they're, you know, putting a stigma on it because they're trying to bring it to the front lines. Like 13 Reasons Why, I believe the intent behind that show wasn't to romanticize suicide. Uh, or you know, romanticize mental health issues, but it was to it was to uh, bring it to the forefront and for people our age, you know, to talk about it. But we need to find effective ways and effective messaging yeah. for for it to be talked about. Unfortunately, with such a big topic like mental health, I think <laughs> it's hard because we've never talked about it before, really, as a society. And the only way that you figure out how society talks about stuff or what's the right way to talk about something is to try. Yeah. And unfortunately, with the way that it's being tried now, it's on a national stage. And if you goof, you goof. Like, you can't take that back. Yeah, that's true. And so I think people are just trying to figure out stuff that'll work 
we're going through the training wheels program right now and a wheel falls off we fall over you pick up the bike you keep going but yeah it feels like we've fallen off the bike a lot it's it's a lot of trial by error and i think yeah. i think people are almost scared to even you know bring forward legislation about mental health because they feel like it'll fail or they feel like that they're what they're bringing attention to won't get the vote and i i challenge politicians uh around the world to um prioritize the mental health of their people because um mental health and physical health go hand in hand and i believe if we can talk about us breaking our ankle or you know having a broken bone we can talk about us having depression anxiety because those things are important and you know one of my buddies had his first panic attack uh, about you know at the beginning of first semester and he had no idea how to handle it and i think you know if he had talked about and if we as a society talk about it more you will know how to handle your panic attacks and or you know you will know how to handle yourself when you get in a depressive episode because everyone gets sad you know it's it's it sucks but it's an emotion that everyone feels and if we know how to deal with ourselves when we're down, then we can handle ourselves when we're happy. That's a great point. Because when I don't know how to handle myself when I'm happy, because I don't know how to process my other emotions. Exactly. Happily. And it's, it's important to be in, in touch with yourself. And I think it comes down to, 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 the, to the question of, like, who are you? Like, your identity, you know? Um, and that's an important concept that a lot of people struggle with. You know, really be, being able to find yourself. And it's, it's, it's hard and it takes a lot of balls and, but it's something that, you know, in order to grow up, we all need to do yeah. is, is find yourself and who you are, what you like, what you don't like, what you enjoy and what you, you know, don't enjoy, whatever. <laughs> I said the same thing twice, yeah. but that's fine. It's better, uh, more superfluous wording on here. But I think it's worth noting that we've already taken leaps and bounds in the conversation. Because if you look back to like 1980, yeah, nobody talked about it. Nobody really mentioned anything mental health-wise. Nowadays, I think we're mentioning it in the wrong way, which is the natural progression. You're going to go from not talking about it to talking about it. And I don't want to say wrong way. I don't think there's a right or a wrong way to do it. I think we're doing it in an ineffective way at the moment. Yeah. And that's growing pain. If you're just going from not doing it to doing it, you're going to have some of those issues in the middle. But I do think we've made pretty solid strides already. Oh, yeah. And the, the, the work is long from done, right? But acknowledging how far we've come is important because, I mean, 10 years ago, like Dr. Borf said when he came on the podcast, they didn't have psychologists in the school. They didn't have a mental health coordinator. And the mayor wasn't talking about mental health issues and how to handle them and it wasn't it wasn't a big big problem for for politicians and now it's coming to the forefront and that's cool but you know the work is long from done mm -hmm. it's a long road and it'll but i think it's so worth it because yes. it benefits everybody yes as you were saying we all feel different emotions we all feel a wide complex deep hodgepodge of every emotion and we don't talk about it at the moment enough, and I think that if we continue on the path we're on, we are going to start talking about it. Yeah, it's going to be destigmatized, but it's only through the work of people like you, Ranveer, 
who took a big step and took a risk mm-hmm. in sharing your story yeah. and being vulnerable in the why would you why did what motivated you to go about sharing your story um i think what really i just didn't want any family to go through what we went through mm-hmm. and i and for those of you that don't know i'll i'll, I'll tell it real quick uh, when i was five years old my mother attempted suicide and that morning i remember it very very clearly uh she came out of the room gave us a hug kiss you know i love you guys uh, which wasn't out of the out of the ordinary at all, but um, that woman had a tough tough childhood. Her her uh, father was an alcoholic, and um, would come home and be aggressive. You know, be an angry drunk, and that shit sucks. That's horrible. And uh, she married my my dad, and um, things were getting rough, and. Uh, she decided that a bottle of sleeping pills was the best way to, to end her life. Luckily, um, I had gone into the room because, you know, it had been like one, one o'clock and uh, I was watching SpongeBob and, you know, usually at one o'clock you kind of have lunch and I was like, well, you know, what the fuck? Where's mom at? And uh, <laughs> I go into the room <clears throat> and she's asleep. And then I turn to the right and I see that, you know, there's a bottle of sleeping pills. And I, I go to my uncle who had lived with us at the time and said, you know, mom's still asleep. It's like one o'clock. Uh, you want to go check on her? And she went and checked on her, called the ambulance. Uh, the ambulance had taken my mom to the hospital and uh, I didn't see her for a week. And then after that, she came home and uh, we didn't really talk about it until until like my uh, when I was in like s- sixth grade, I'd say. Um, so a long time kind of went under under the under the rug and then you know I started feeling emotions of deep deep sadness and um regret almost because my mom had attempted suicide and why would she want to do that so we you know we sat down and had a conversation and uh since ever since then I think it's been my goal to promote mental wellness and promote you know, it, it's okay to not be okay, and that's fine. It's okay, like, that is, it. I, I know this, the statement may sound stupid, but, like, it's okay not to be okay, and when you're not okay, it's okay to reach out, and people are there for you, and if you don't feel like people are there for you, I promise you, uh, Fresh Takes DMs are open, and we are more than willing to provide you the resources that you will need to be mentally well, um, and we will start you on that journey. That every once in a while you say some stuff that just deeply changes the way I look at stuff. And I want to thank you for sharing this story. I pre- yeah, I appreciate that. No problem. It's very brave. But for some reason it just clicked. I don't know if it's the context of what we're talking about, but the it's okay to not be okay. Just It's so simple. But it's also so profound. Yeah, it is. And uh, my friend Mike Rikoff over at the Rikoff Foundation, uh, his daughter uh, drove into Geist Lake uh, about in like 2012, I want to say, maybe 2010. Do you remember that incident? I do. Uh, I forget how long ago it was, but he's a great friend of mine and he's awesome. And I just want to give a shout out to him because he also has helped me in my journey. He really started me on my journey. 
of becoming a mental health advocate. Uh, he started a foundation after his daughter named the Peyton Rykoff Foundation. Rykoff Foundation. Um, and if you guys would like to visit that, um, visit that website. It's an abbreviation. Uh, we'll put it in our Twitter. Uh, give them a donation. They're a great, great, great um, organization that, you know, it's a non-for-profit. So your donation will go towards uh, providing someone uh, resources for their mental wellness. And uh, so if you would like to put your money towards something fantastic and something great, uh, I know everyone's struggling right now, um, possibly financially as well. So um, I know it's hard to ask for donations nowadays, but please, 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 if you have the the resources, please donate to their foundation. The most unfortunate thing to me is that our strongest champions in the battle of mental health are more likely to be the ones that have gone through so much personal tragedy. Yeah. Be- because you can't talk about it unless you measure up something. Or if you're at this, I feel like that's another part of it that, that often goes unspoken is that, well, I'm not, I'm not depressed. I haven't, I haven't tried anything drastic. I'm not depressed. Yeah. Like I'm not as depressed as this, or I'm not as depressed as blank. And it really hurts to think about that the people that are thrust into a position of leadership and advocacy have had to be the ones that have gone through so much pain. Yeah. And Mike always says, like, Mike Rikoff, whenever he's speaking, he always says, like, I'm sorry that we're here today. You know, I'm grateful. I'm grateful that, you know, we are all here together talking about this topic, but I'm sorry. Because, you know, we shouldn't have to have these suicide prevention conventions, right? Mm -hmm. Because, like we say, it's the most preventable cause of death. And uh, Mike is a really great guy and a really profound speaker um, when it because he he's really passionate obviously lost his daughter so um you know as as you go about your days please uh pay 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 attention to being positive and you know being the light in someone's day because you know what you your words matter and um if you are feeling feeling down just know that you know if it matters to you it matters and you should have conversations with people about things that you feel matters, even though you may not feel like it may be a plausible, whatever, a plausible thought. So, you know, if it matters to you, it matters. And that's important to recognize that. That's another beautiful phrase. If it matters to you, it matters. And again, so simple and so profound, but because of the context, because our little brains have a way of making us feel like we are the only people that have gone through this. Like, yeah. I'm the only person that's ever been sad. No one else would understand it. I don't want to burden anyone else. Yeah. I'm telling you right now, let us be a burden. Or You would not be a burden to us, but just let us be the one to carry it. Ranveer and I are more than willing. Yeah, we, guys, we will provide you with the resources that you need. Um, you are not a burden on anyone for having feelings. Yeah, no, not at all. And it's important that, that you realize that you aren't. And if you are feeling sad, I bet you there's someone around you, and I hope there is, that, you know, will we'll give, you, give you an ear. And what a weird thing about the way that humans are built, that we have this deep, fundamental politeness. That's so weird to me. Yeah. It's, and no matter how rude we want to think we all are, how rude we think humanity has become, we have this deep-rooted politeness where we can't bother anyone else. Yeah. Even if our lives at stake, we can't bother them. Mm-hmm. And it's 
That's not learned. Or that's, you're not born with that. That's learned. It's a learned behavior for sure. And I just don't understand. It's a societal thing. And I say that I feel like every podcast <laughs> is that this is a societal thing. And it starts with y'all. Like the, the change starts intrinsically within within one's, within one and then it multiplies, right? So it's it's like our listeners in Belgium. Like uh, if one person begins to be a champion, then people will follow. So instead of being a sheep, I encourage you all to be a lion and uh, really be a leader in your community or um, put someone in a position to be a leader, to be a champion for mental health because it's important and um, you're important and it's important to realize that you you carry weight in this society and you matter if it matters to you it matters it matters shout out to my psychology psychology 101 professor that is i'm gonna put that on a little pamphlet or locket or something and just carry that around she would always give us like phrases or activities to do i love that it's so simple but so important to remember yeah every week during we would go into class and she'd have like a phrase written on the board because she knows like mm-hmm. she she was a young professor she understands what we're going through and this was freshman year of college or uh, sophomore year of college so she was before my sophomore year so the pandemic hadn't really <laughs> grabbed mm-hmm. a hold of society as it, as it has now and uh, we were still in person class and th- you know that's really what i miss about being in person is professors do have personalities believe it or not <laughs> Um, and some of them can be really fantastic people and really guide you in a place where you want to be. And I think, uh, professor Dent, uh, really did that shout out to her. She has a YouTube channel. Uh, if you would like to follow her, her name is Kirsten Dent. Kirsten Dent. Well, I love that phrase. I, I don't think I'll be able to get that out of my head today. She's awesome. And, yeah, uh, her, fr- her, her weekly activities really told me that you know i need to be in psychology because uh it's it's a great field and you know there aren't enough people in it because it's scary it's it's scary to want to sit down for eight hours nine hours a day and listen to people talk about their problems it's also weird to have the brain study the brain Mm -hmm. yeah and i think what people don't realize about depression or anxiety is all those are just tiny little chemical imbalances in your brain um, to boil it down to it, like to make it simple. Um, with depression, your dopamine, norepinephrine are unable to work in your brain and the neurotransmitters don't fire correctly when you have depression. So, you know, you're a little bit sadder most of the time. And uh, if, if you go to go to a therapist, and I believe everyone should have a therapist. You know, like mm-hmm. everyone has a physician. Yeah, I believe that everyone should have a therapist. That should be like it should be that that would help normalize talking about your mental health because you know we'll we'll talk about us losing weight easily, right? Like that's yeah. something that it'll be it's 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 almost something that we encourage and something that as a society we champion you, you know, taking a hold of your physical health. But when it comes to our mental health, uh. It becomes taboo almost. Yeah. Well, once again, it's not tangible. So if you see someone loses, has lost a, looks healthy, um, then you're like, you look great. Like, but if you go up to someone, you can't see their brain. You can't be like, your dopamine looks fantastic <laughs> today. Have you been working yeah. out? 
um, which is another tough barrier. But I do think it's an interesting idea to have everyone having a therapist. I feel like we'd we'd be better off. We'd all be better off because mm-hmm. uh, deep down we all love talking about ourselves. Mm-hmm. And a therapist's job is to interpret that and help you out with what yourself, your thoughts, your every, your meaning. It's a doctor for your brain. It's a brain doctor. Which is, I don't understand why that's so stigma. I I, I think therapists are some of the greatest people. Mm-hmm. That's such a servant job. Like not servant is in like in a negative context, but like servant leadership is something that uh, a lot of my coaches talked about growing up. Is you know don't only be a leader for yourself, but be a leader for people, yeah. for the people. And uh, I think that's also why I I. I'm in the field of politics is because I want to be a person like the constitution says for the people, by the people. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it's, it's important to, to realize that, you know, another great statistic is one in four people will deal with a mental illness at some point in their life. That's 25%. There's 7 billion people in the world. So 25% of 7 billion is a, a, a big amount. Uh, over a billion over a billion people and <clears throat> so knowing that you're not alone and you're not the only one that feels the way that you feel is important and if you are feeling down know that like i know i've said it multiple times but there are people out there there are resources out there for for you and uh you will get better even though it may not seem like right now you will be able to i promise you if you reach out and are provided with adequate resources um, you will see. You will see the other end. We love you guys. Yeah, I love you guys. So, take care of yourself. Take care of your brain. Love yourself. Reach out if you are in a position where you're able to get professional help. I recommend that you try it. No one's going to force you to keep going to a therapist. It's just for you. It's for your brain. So, if you're in a position to try it, we're scared to look at into it. We're scared to go and take that step. Uh, let this be your message. Go yeah. go talk to a, a licensed professional if you're please, able to. Please do. If not, there's plenty of different avenues that you could take. I know, for example, BetterHelp. Um, they're doing online consultations, and there's uh, coupons out everywhere. There's free trial codes out everywhere. You just have to look up BetterHelp uh, free trial or coupon, and they can give you, I, I believe, at least a month of free consultation. So if you're scared about the cost or you don't know where to start, I recommend looking at BetterHelp. They're not a sponsor, but I, I do think that they're doing a great job mm-hmm. with online advocacy uh, in a moment where we can't really see people. So I recommend BetterHelp. Um, and if you aren't sure about the financial uh, responsibility or, or that sort of thing, then um, just look up some free trial code or coupon codes that are out there. And if you don't want to do any of that, uh, you can reach out to us at Fresh Take with WRJ on Twitter, or me personally on Twitter, uh, at underscore Ranveer Sandu. Uh, I won't spell it because I've spelled it many times. Um, just, you know, try your best. Reach out. Uh, you guys aren't alone. Remember that. And uh, if it matters to you, it matters. Peace, love, and positivity, guys. Love you. See you next week. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Fresh Take with Joey and Ranveer. It's Ranveer here for the outro, and I just want to let you guys know, uh, I know this was a heavy episode, and uh, 
you may feel down and uh, if you need the help or want the help please don't feel scared to reach out to us on our twitter at fresh take wrj and we will provide you with the resources that you need uh peace love and positivity guys love you planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options buttery soft italian leather bags and so much more and it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. You can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.